Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. Retirement Unlimited is an informative weekly radio program dedicated to offering factual information and sound advice for those wanting to know more about retirement planning. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. Information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comments and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Now, here's Randy. Barkley. Welcome to Retirement Unlimited. This is the radio program that is dedicated to helping you make smart decisions about your money. I'm in the studio today with uh, Chris Marsh and Brianna Reich. And um, if you'd like to know more about our company, I just invite you to go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. Now, every week, what we do is we divide our program into three segments. The first segment is what we refer to as Retirement Update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you can use. Now, in the first segment of the program today in retirement update, I want to talk about something that is kind of been under my skin for quite a while, and that is public pensions versus private pensions. You know, and we have had some stark reality here because plunging investment returns has sent, um, it's put a real big light on public pensions. And so what's happened over the last decade, actually over the last couple decades, is that we have seen that private companies have moved more towards defined contribution plans like 401ks, but public pensions have have been refrained from doing that. They have still kept with the model where the employer on a defined benefit continues to pay money into the plan. Now, the problem that we have here is the accounting. And that really becomes the stark difference between public and private pensions. In fact, there was a study, a 14-year-old study, that was done by the American Academy of Actuaries and the Society of Actuaries on public pensions. And it showed that if they were held to the same accounting standards as private pensions were, there would be a stark deficit. We're talking about three times the deficit than really what they're talking about, you know, really what they're really uh, uh, noting, which is about $1 trillion. But with the accounting, if they did the same way as they did the private pensions, we'd be looking at somewhere close to $3 trillion deficit in funds needed. What really becomes uh, so stark is the rate of return that public pensions are using on their invested assets. Yeah, that's that's right. So the rate of return that uh, they're basing their assumptions on for these payouts is a 7.6% annual rate of return. And what was the real return last year? And, you know, if, if we take the the state of California and we take the one of the largest uh, pension plans in the, the country, uh, CalSTRS and CalPERS, they had a 0% rate of return last year. Now, and this, that, high, this high percentage of return that they're projecting is making their deficit seem like a lot less, like you mentioned. And it's it's really not true. It's it's false. And it's it's kind of allowing them to kind of offer a little bit less pay to their, you know, to their employees, but then project a bigger pension payout later. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of interesting, as you mentioned before, the the 
uh, study that has been done over the past 14 years, uh, what's really interesting is that most of the members on that panel came at the end of their study. They essentially said, we're in a we're in a bad place here. And they were trying to publish these their findings that the, these pensions are in serious uh, that, trouble. They're in very serious trouble. And what happened is. Uh, the reason it was only 14 years and it hasn't gone on further and there hasn't been anything put out is because those two societies basically shut it down. They right. shut it down before it could be published and they have silenced those members who were trying to publish their studies uh, because <laughs> if, essentially for a public pension, the, the individuals or the people who are responsible for making up that deficit it's taxes, folks. It's mm -hmm. it is money from your pocket and my pocket that we pay into our taxes. It is bond measures that are issued that we have to go and and uh, support those uh, these pensions just for the simple fact that the individuals who have set them up are not using the proper accounting methods to be able to account for those dollars. And why this is important right now is because almost every city, every county, and the state has all these propositions to raise money, to basically through bond issues. A lot of that money is not going to where the advertisers or the the promoters of those of those, you know, whatever they are, um, you know, the the different the different propositions, uh, propositions that come out. Yeah. The money isn't going directly to what they're really advertising, what they're really promoting. A lot of that money, and we all know that, is going to fund these pensions mm -hmm. because there's not enough earnings. There's not enough revenue. And this is, this is what really gets me going. The employees themselves are not contributing at a measure that you compare to the private sector. The private sector, there's a huge amount of sharing by the employees. There's always this issue of employer employees, but in the public sector, it almost always falls on the employer. Hence, it is the taxpayer that makes up the difference. Yeah, and, and you know, a, a perfect example of that is we've got uh, CalSTRS, and and it's again one of the largest pensions in California, and recently they have started uh, implementing a new policy where they are. Uh, increasing the amount of funds that they're that they're taking out of the paycheck of a teacher, but they're also increasing the amount of funds that uh, the state or that the that the state will cover. And it's interesting that uh, in two years ago, basically the the joint uh, amount was about eight point two five percent of their pay uh, gross pay was going in there. Well, now. Uh, over the past two years, it has increased where uh, teachers now are putting in 10.3% roughly of their paycheck. But the state of California is now putting in uh, over 12%, almost 13% for this year. And between now and between now and uh, 2021, the state is obligated to put in uh, almost 19%. Now you, where teachers are are basically they are topped out right now. They're at ten point two or ten point three percent. Theirs is not going to go up, but the state is going to put more money in. Where is that money going to come now from? You, you did investigation on this, and you know to be to be really transparent, your wife is a teacher, correct? So, so you yep. went in and you started to do investigation, and you made phone calls, 
And what was surprising to me is that people at at administrative levels didn't even know that. Yeah. Well, the the thing that was really uh, interesting to me is that uh, when I made contact with Calsters, um, they gave me this information verbally. Uh, I've seen the the increase in my wife's paycheck as well, uh, basically on both sides. Uh, however, there was no published um, chart essentially laying out uh, all of this information. It was all it came to me, you know, over uh, over a phone call that I had made and they said there was nothing that was going to be published. And that, that to me just is sleight of hand. It's well, like, it's, exactly. Come on, come on. Yeah. And where the biggest thing, the biggest question I have is where is that that increase in uh, contribution on the employer side, the, the increase in contribution from uh, the state? Where is that money coming from to go from uh, essentially eight and a quarter percent two years ago to by 2021, 19 percent? Right. So we've got nine percent increase in their contribution. However, uh, nobody can give an answer as far as where that money is coming. And I think that's interesting because when you did the investigation, nobody could give you clarity as to how that means you're going to raise taxes or you're going to sell a bond or what are you going to do? Exactly. And and, you know, the really sad part of this is there was never any information given to any of the teachers about the increase in their in their pension wow. contribution as wow. well. Wow. So teachers don't know about it and uh, they they just get their paycheck. They're be, being given uh, uh, raises, but virtually all of that raise goes to cover this additional contribution that they're making. And uh, it, it just... It never stops. There's not yep. transparency. And that's really the key thing that I look at is where is the transparency? Tell me the truth. Yep. You know, it goes back to my uh, what my dad used to tell me. He says, you know, figures don't lie, but liars do figure. Mm-hmm. And I got I to gotta tell you, I, I get really ticked because most citizens are not even aware of the cost, the true cost of these pension plans and what it's coming out of their taxes, property taxes, income taxes. You know, we pay more taxes in California than any other state in the union. Yep. Anyway, folks, if you'd like to know more about this, you know, we'd be more than happy to sit down and talk with you. We can rant and rave with you individually as much as we are on the radio here. But um, these, this is major issue, and it, it's it's like a death by a thousand cuts, I guess. I don't know. It just it keeps going on and on and on. So anyway, stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about tactical asset management. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned. He can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. 
Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we refer to as tactical asset management. And I, I want to talk about, you know, just the overall attitude, just kind of the sense of what people are talking about in the sense of the overall economy. And I'm not talking about the economists as much as I'm just talking about the general attitude from investors. And what I hear continually, well, we're, aren't, we have a recession coming, right? We have, we have a recession coming and the stock market's going to go down, right? And my response is the data doesn't support it. And the fact that, that a recession may be coming the question is, is it eminently due? And I mean, just now, yeah, the, the factors are is that age doesn't kill expansions. And we're in the long, almost one of the historically one of the longest expansions we've ever had. That's why people are talking about recessions now. But excesses like overheated job market, overinvestment, over, you know, under, you know, un, unmanageable debt and asset bubbles. Those are the things that you look for when you're heading into a recession. And frankly, we don't have any of those. We don't have any of these. In fact, if you look at the overall statistical numbers, I'm talking about macroeconomics, things are not looking bad. I mean, we're not we're not burning the house down. I mean, we're not doing great things, but we're not doing bad, are we? No, not not at all. And um, you know, it, it's interesting that um, again, as you said, we're in one of the longest uh, stretches of expansion. Uh, that's that's ever been and yet if you look at the actual this expansion um since 2005 basically we have failed to grow at faster than a three percent right. growth rate right. uh in any of the years since 2005 and in a true um you know a true recovery we would hope to see something, you know, four, five, right. I mean, a, a greater expansion after coming out of this washout that we had in the Great Recession. So, I mean, 2008, we had excesses in credit. I mean, it yep. was it was pronounced, it was pervasive, yep. and it was severe in the sense of it's how it responded. And we just don't have that right now. Yeah, right now the house debt service ratio is extremely low, which is surprising. I mean, we have low interest rates, so a lot of people are borrowing, but you have to qualify to borrow. So even though you're seeing housing prices go up, which makes the general public think, are we coming up to a bubble again? Right. The debt to ser debt service ratio isn't that yep. high. So. I mean, it's percentage wise. I mean, talking about the, you know the the burden on everybody's household income, mm -hmm. uh, wages aren't climbing like we'd like to see, but we don't have inflation. We, well, right. I was wondering also. I mean, Chris and I were talking about this too. My my theory a little bit about the wages is we have this um, minimum wage increase coming up in the pretty near future. Are some companies holding back on raising wages right now because of something like that in the future? Possibly depends on the kind of uh, kind of company. I think that uh, the lower skilled labor. I think I think companies right now are ramping up with technology. I yeah. think we're seeing that a lot. So if they're going to have to have pay higher and minimum wage, they'll say, okay, we'll pay the higher minimum, but we're going to replace a certain number of employees. And so their their net their net cost is going to be about the same. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's 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 kind of interesting. Now there's certain there's certain companies that cannot do that, but just about every company can can take away their cost of labor by technology. They can reduce their cost of labor by technology. So, you know, my concern is that we're moving towards a European model. Yes. And we're going to see higher unemployment, particularly amongst younger people and unskilled people. Mm -hmm. Because the people that have skills, people have good skills, they're getting jobs. Yeah, and and the the great thing is is that for for those individuals, those higher 
uh, skilled individuals, uh, they are basically able to go out and demand a higher uh, salary because that is where there is such a slack in the labor market is right. in the highly skilled, highly technical professions that they just there's not enough people to fill all those jobs. And because of that, uh, that's where the greatest gains in in uh, income or wages is, yeah, is and, being seen. And the demand there is is acute. I mean, it's that's why we counsel our clients when you, when you're when their kids are starting to go, you know, consider college whether it be vocational school or college or the university, get a skill set that is hireable. Understand what an employer needs because we hear from our clients on the employment side is they can't find people with the appropriate skills. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that, that we hear again and again and again. You know, but, but if we look at the overall macroeconomics, I mean, spending is up. We're seeing uh, consumer, you know, God bless the consumer. You know, it's the biggest part of our economy, but they are just staying in there. They're buying houses. They're obviously equipping houses. They're buying furniture. You know, they're redoing their, they're remodeling, they're redoing. But bottom line is they're buying. Mm -hmm. You know, they haven't stopped. They're buying cars. Car sales have peaked off, but my goodness, they're at the top. They're at the very top end of the number of units they were selling. Yes. So, you know, there, there's, it's just, it's, I don't see the negative, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. There, there's no areas where it is so hot or, or so overexpanded that it in and of itself could cause the a recession to occur like what we saw in 2008. Now, now the problem is, is that values of assets are at towards their top. Their top. Mm -hmm. So we're in this kind of dilemma. Where do we go from here? You know, bond prices are, are probably the most vulnerable mm -hmm. with interest rates starting to climb a little bit. You know, the Federal Reserve is probably going to, you know, most likely raise interest rates by a quarter of a point in December. But that still isn't going to upset the apple cart. And in fact, Janet Yellen has already said she's going to let the economy run hot for a little bit. What that means is she'd like to see a little bit more inflation. And guess what? We're seeing it, aren't we? We're starting to yeah. see inflation within. We're starting to see it ramp up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I, I, think, I think that uh, what becomes the obvious or what people expect to have happen, uh, the markets typically don't respond in a logical manner. They respond uh, completely different than what than what um, than what you would expect it to do. You know? Right. And what I what I would anticipate is if we were to see, um, you know, at, over the past uh, two years, um, the gross domestic product or the GDP has been so anemic. It's just right. so low that if we actually saw some some growth in uh, in the GDP, uh, we would start to see this highly valued market not look quite so highly valued. It's it basically has gone up on not as as hot a recovery as we would have liked to have seen. So if you create that, uh, if you get the economy going at a higher level or at a faster pace, then what we can see is um, the market actually uh, has an opportunity to expand. And, and I think that, um, yeah, you know, as yeah. the... Yeah, I think, I think for example, there's certain sectors, you know, that obviously have come under pressure, like the pharmaceutical sector sure. has come under pressure because of potential legislation against them. And just about anybody who is dealing with pharmaceutical companies say there's a lot of excess there anyway, so they're putting a lot of pressure on that, so prices have come down. But generally across the board, the economy is on pretty stable ground. We're starting to see 
some wage increases. Mm -hmm. We're starting unemployment is almost at what we refer to as full unemployment as far as the unemployment rate. We're at almost at full un, uh, full employment. Yeah. So, well, I, I think I think it's the political environment that's making people very pessimistic. For, for yeah, sure, yeah, it's that, and it's also just it was so bad last time that people are just fearful, and that fear yeah. has never really gone away. It so it's just yeah, when I, is it happening again? When is it happening again? So, I agree. What do you think would happen though if? Uh, for instance, a, a hot topic is uh, tax reform. Right. What do you think would happen then if we reformed the tax code for, especially for corporations? Uh, you think that would have a significant difference in well, I think, what we see? I think anything from a fiscal side, in other words, anything from the central government, something from Washington, that would help a a better fiscal management instead of just continuing to borrow money, because our monetary policy is towards the end. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's it's reached its point of help that it's not going to help much more. We have to see fiscal reform. You know, tax reform is right yep. at the right at the center of that, but also spending. My mm -hmm. goodness, we spend money in areas like in healthcare. That we, I know that we overlap and there's duplication. So any of those things are going to have a positive outcome on the overall economy and could potentially jumpstart it into the next whatever that next level is. Yep. Not to say there might be a pullback, but you know, I. It, it, they're just, they're just, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, I think people are overly concerned, and I think they are just getting to the point where they're almost talking themselves into a into a corner they can't seem to get out of. So yep. our job is to point to the facts and stay focused on the facts, folks. Anyway, if you'd like to know more about this and you'd like to discuss with us um, our opinions on this and how we utilize this information to help people make good decisions about their money, give us a call, 951-684-7011. Uh, Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about news you can use. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org. Or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as News You Can Use. Say, folks, I just want to remind you, I've got an article in front of me that says responding to non-renewal notices on Part D coverage. And if you are in Medicare age and you are in the open enrollment period right now, you have until the middle of December to make changes within your plan. But for some of you, you may have received a letter of breakup. In other words, a letter that says we are not going to continue your coverage for Part D and possibly even Part C going into 2017. This is not something you want to shove with the rest of the papers and throw away eventually. This is pretty important if you are receiving Medicare. And if you have a Medicare supplement plan that's providing this, a Medigap plan, you have the option to shop it out. And you have until the end of the year to make those changes. And there's some other provisions that you need to be aware of so that you do not have a gap in your coverage. Now, in this particular article, it talks about that you can go, um, you go to some websites to get to get some help. Is the State Health Insurance Assistant Programs, better known as SHIP, and you can go to shiptalk.org, and they'll provide you individual assistance 
on making sure that you have the proper coverages and answering any of your questions and helping guide you to make the right choices. So anyway, if you have any questions on this or anything else we've talked about in our radio program today, why don't you give us a call? Our phone number is 951-684-7011 or just simply go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. For more information about today's show or other questions regarding your retirement planning, call Randy at 951-684-7011. That's 951-684-7011. Remember, retirement planning is a process, not a product. So call Randy at 951-684-7011 or visit his website at retirementunlimited.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Retirement Unlimited. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. The information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor.